Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. 10.08. How are markets reacting to U.S. President Donald Trump's COVID diagnosis and return to the White House? Earlier this morning, we were looking at Regeneron and Gilead. Gilead signs uh, shares, how they did overnight. They're on the rise. Of course, we know U.S. President Donald Trump as a VIP has been um, allowed access to a lot of these experimental drugs and cocktails and the companies behind them have been benefiting. But what about the rest of us? How do we position our portfolio to account for the most likely scenarios ahead. We're also going to discuss the ideas of research from Lamoureux and company, which say that COVID-19, the COVID-19 wave is about to usher in another stock pullback and they advocate shell companies or SPACs, those are special purpose acquisition vehicles. Now, do SPACs make a good defensive play in a time like this, I'll put those questions to Wilfred Lim. He's executive director of BMFA Wealth Management. Good morning, Wilfred. Morning, Michelle. Glad to be back. Great to speak with you as always. All right, Trump back in the White House. What do you make of markets so far? What do you think is going to be on the radar for investors this week? Um, this week, well, obviously Trump's reaction to the drugs. Uh, seems to be doing pretty well so far, Mm. out in just a matter of days. Uh, We also have the U.S. stimulus bill that's been pending for many weeks now, uh, but the market seems to be reacting like uh, it's going to be out pretty soon. And then we also have the FOMC meeting. uh, That's 2 a.m. on Thursday morning, Singapore time. And also the vice presidential debate, uh, Thursday morning as well, Singapore time, that would be interesting. Let's hope that they can, you know, get through it uh, civilly and cordially. <laughs> mm, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope the mics get muted at some point. <laughs> Hopefully they don't have to be uh, between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they don't have to. I was thinking of round two between uh, Trump and Biden, actually. Do you think that Trump... Um, Returning to the White House takes some uncertainty off the table for the market? Yes, um, but I actually, you know, I don't want to sound too cynical, uh, but the timing of of this, uh, you know, him being tested positive seems to be a political move uh, that is working in his favor. Yeah. Right. Uh, Because if you think about it, uh, the fact that now he has been, you know, he can be termed a survivor of COVID. Uh, he's able to better relate to the people on the ground who are worried about the whole situation uh, and and rally the support uh, behind him. Yeah, I get yeah. that completely. I mean, the optics are totally working in his favour. Uh, he's yeah. got the nation rallied behind him. And he remains the story, right? Post that yeah. disastrous debate, every, there was a <laughs> lot of negativity going his way, but that flipped immediately with this diagnosis. So I can see where where, where you're coming from. But do you think yes. that fears of a disputed US election continue to fuel uh, volatility bets? So the bets are high, but the market seems to be holding up very strongly, right? And, um, you know, I, I actually don't like to look too much into the elections mm. uh, when it comes to investing in the markets. Okay. Because history shows that, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter who wins. 
you know, according to a research done in 2019, uh, the market has been positive overall in the past uh, 23 uh, elections since 1928 all the way to 2016. Uh, it's only been negative four times. Yeah, and um, the average return of the S&P 500 uh, after every four-year term uh, has been positive, you know, mostly uh, regardless of whether it's a Republican or a Democrat president. Yeah, so, you know, I, I wouldn't let predictions of this election uh, derail my investment plan. Uh, but obviously, yes, it is prudent to, uh, to, to hedge against volatility mm. because uh, markets in general, they don't like uncertainty. So yeah. I would say uh, the rest of this month would be volatile. Uh, but after that, after November 3rd, uh, we should see uh, better clarity and uh, it seems to be pointing towards the upside for now. All right. So nothing's changing in your playbook when it comes to elections, regardless of who walks away the winner? Yeah, nothing much. Uh, on the macro side, I'm still um, you know, bullish on China, uh, gold and technology, these three sectors. Mm. Yeah, but if we want to play out different scenarios, there are there are certain uh, research that are out there. Yes. Uh, and the possibilities are, you know, this these three main scenarios. So it's either status quo, uh, Trump wins, and we have a split Congress uh, between the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, this will likely uh, cause a further rally in the U.S. markets, but maybe a, a dip in the Chinese markets. Uh, as Trump continues to press on with his restrictions and sanctions against China. Yeah, uh, but this will be positive for the small caps, uh, energy sector, financial sector, and the tech sector uh, in the U.S., Yeah, and, and slightly negative on China. Yeah, on the other hand, uh, if Biden wins mm. uh, and, you know, he manages to, to sweep, the, the Democratic Party manages to sweep the Congress, uh, this is the the worst case scenario in my perspective for the markets, uh, but it's still positive overall. So initially, uh, there is expected to be a dip in the U.S. markets if Biden wins. Uh, you know, because his main narrative now is he he wants to be prudent with the U.S. economy, so he's going to raise taxes and all that. Uh, that will be short-term negative, uh, but likely positive for China, as you know, he, he, he's viewed as not having such a harsh stance against China. Mm. Uh, so overall, he'll be good for uh, infrastructure, clean energy uh, in China. But uh, if he comes in, uh, I would be taking some money off the table on the big pharma names as well as the big uh, technology names. Great insights yeah. there. He's Wilfred Lim, Executive Director of BMFA Wealth Management. I want to talk now, shift gears and talk about uh, the ideas of Yves Lamoureux. He's president of the macroeconomic research firm Lamoureux and & Co. And um, Lamoureux correctly predicted a panic event in 2018, originally forecasting a three-part rolling bear market up to 2022. And in March, he said a market bottom was near and it arrived a few days later, March 23rd. So he's got a pretty good uh, record, should we say. Lamoureux yeah. says that there is a second wave coming, that the market is going to start to go down again. And he anticipates a sell-off phase will start slow and then extend into 2021. Then another big bounce could follow that with a final drop to come, perhaps near 2020. 
2023. What do you think generally of his ideas of another stock pullback? Um, so generally, he, he has broken it down into three factors. Um, the first factor being uh, COVID, you know, second wave of COVID. Um, I tend to disagree with this factor, uh, not not in terms of the direction of the markets per se, but just this factor in particular. Mm. Yeah, because the markets have been ignoring this so-called second wave since July. Uh, if you look at the COVID cases, uh, you know, outside of Singapore, it's been spiking in the US and Europe since uh, June and July, uh, but the markets just continue going up. Uh, you know, and because everyone is expecting a vaccine to be out soon, uh, and the longer we wait, the the higher the upside risk there is. Uh, you know, once they announce a, a, an approved vaccine, yeah. Uh, the second factor, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's saying that the wealthy are profit taking. Uh, you know, I I also tend to disagree on this point because. Um, the, the wealthy are already sitting on the sidelines. Uh, they're holding on to cash. Uh, even on the ground with my clients, uh, they, they want to de-risk, hold more cash and wait out until, you know, at least November 3rd um, to start positioning into the markets again. And, um, you know, we, we saw in March that uh, the markets usually see a huge uh, uh, correction when the markets are over-leveraged, when everyone is, you know, um, on margin and, and, and all in into the markets, and then suddenly a black swan event happens. Uh, but this time round, everyone seems to be already cautious, so it's it's hard to see a, a big market correction uh, at this point in time. Okay, yeah. so L- Lemero segues to this idea of defensive plays, and he says mm-hmm. one way to get ready for his scenario of a sell-off phase extending to 2021 is to invest in SPACs or special purpose acquisition companies, shell companies that basically um, use an IPO to, to raise money to, to buy or merge with another company. What yeah. do you think of this defensive play and SPACs? This is actually not a new space, uh, but it's picking up, uh, you know, picking up quite a bit in the recent months or even just this year alone. So they are essentially blank check companies where you don't know exactly what you're, you're investing into, right? Uh, in terms of it being a defensive play, I see where he's coming from. Mm. Uh, it depends on which uh, stage of uh, the spec you're investing in. So if it's early stage, uh, you know, when it's pre-listed, you're getting the IPO shares or just when it's IPO, um, I think, yeah, it can be considered uh, defensive because uh your your only risk is the the manager of of the company the ceo of the company uh, in terms of who is he going to target as a as a merger uh you know uh acquisition to to bring on right the good thing about being in this position is you're holding mainly cash uh in in this entity right and if there's a market sell off uh, you know, it gives the spec uh, a good chance to take over companies at distress levels. Yeah, but however, if you go in uh, post-merger, mm-hmm. so if you, you're buying into companies like Virgin Galactic or, or Nikola, uh, these are the prominent ones that, that have been around for a few years, uh, you're investing into companies with no revenues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Nikola's case, maybe even a questionable proof of concept. 
so when a downturn happens, uh, it could actually wipe out these companies, uh, even if they are, you know, very high profile. Yeah, and and um, the the company that uh, Lomero is actually recommending now is uh, Gores Metropolis. Yep. So they recently uh, merged with Lumina Tech. Mm. Uh, they are in the autonomous driving software space, uh, and they already have deals with BMF, uh, B, BMWs, sorry, uh, and uh, Volkswagen, right? And uh, they, they claim to have better autonomous driving technology than Tesla. So this is interesting to watch. Yes, it is. And it, it segues again with his bigger call, his long-term call. Lemoreau is this idea that deflation is uh, on its way to us and the drivers for this include robotic and automated technologies, which is what Gores Metropolis, his biggest stockholding, is firmly in the midst of. Yeah. Do you see deflation? Is deflation on, on your radar? Um, yeah, it is. So... Mm. Uh, there's a lot of debate, you know, between whether it's going to be deflation or, or hyperinflation going forward. Um, I tend to see it as, well, well, in his narrative, if he's calling for a, a serious second wave of COVID and the world goes, goes into lockdown again, uh, then yes, a deflationary scenario is definitely on the card. Mm. And I don't rule that out. So I expect a deflation to happen first. Uh, even without a second lockdown, uh, as people are, are holding back on spending right. after after their revenge spending is done, uh, but they've ran out of their stimulus uh, checks and all that, right. you know, so it will come into play. But as the the vaccine comes out and the economy starts to pick up again, uh, there is a high risk of hyperinflation after that uh, because of all the liquidity and and money printing that the Fed has been doing. Right. Speaking of the money printing, Lemoreau yeah. believes that the ultimate deflation asset is Bitcoin. What do you think, Wilfred? Yeah, so uh, I would like to tread very carefully here because uh, it's not a regulated you know, asset and I'm not regulated to talk about it. All right. But uh, just giving my two cents worth, uh, my opinions, uh, putting it out there. Uh, in, so why, why is uh, Lemoreau saying this? Because in a deflationary scenario, uh, investors generally want to hold cash. Uh, they don't want to, you know, to be spending. Uh, but when we mention cash, there seems to be a growing differentiation between uh, paper currency and what actual money is. Mm. Right? I recall uh, talking about the characteristics of money in yeah. the previous show. Yeah. Yeah. So if people stop viewing. Uh, paper money, paper currency as money, uh, they may look towards gold or even Bitcoin. Yeah, because, uh, you know, chances are if we go into a deflationary scenario, interest rates are going to be deeply negative uh, and investors will want to move their assets out of uh, paper money yeah, and into a better store of value like gold or Bitcoin. Yeah, and Bitcoin has been dubbed as digital gold. You know, so we have also seen in recent months uh, that there's an increase in both acceptance uh, as a form of uh, currency or maybe just an asset uh, and also applications of cryptocurrencies. And this is not only by, you know, your small startups, but also large organizations and governments as well, including Singapore with MES.
So is Bitcoin as good as gold, in your opinion, right now as a store of value? Well, that's a tough question, right? Um, if I fall back on the six characteristics, uh, I guess where where Bitcoin uh, falls short is uh, in terms of acceptance, because gold has been around for, I don't know, about 5,000 years, mm. uh, but Bitcoin is only 13 years old. Uh, so, but as the acceptance start to pick up, yeah, I, I, you know, I would expect Bitcoin to overtake gold, uh, as a new form of money going forward. As always, great speaking with you. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Wilfred, for joining us. Thank you, Michelle. He's Wilfred Lim, Executive Director, BMFA Wealth Management. Your Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.